You're listening to the Bible as literature. Hello, this is Father Mark Bulos. And this is Dr. Richard Benton. And you're listening to the Bible as literature. This is our third episode, and I'm very excited today to bring you an interview with Holly Benton, who is the director of Ephesus School, and also the wife of my esteemed colleague, Dr. Richard Benton. Yes, the relationship is there, yeah. So that's our disclaimer. She's a ringer. And right off the bat, anything she says is endorsed automatically. By uh, Richard. In the interview with Holly, we get to hear her take on why and how to teach the Bible to children, what works, what doesn't work as well, and what the scriptures do once they're memorized. So I think you'll enjoy hearing her take on that. So Holly, talk about the history of Ephesus School and and how this all got started. Well, I think being co-seminarians together under Father Paul Tarazi and having the school of opening the Bible, studying it, and always referring back to the text was our ideal for how Bible studies should work. A lot of times when we've been involved with Bible studies, it's, you know, read a passage, close the book, and talk about your own life experiences and your own opinions and your own little world framework. And I think it was important for us in thinking about Ephesus School that we're reading the text, not doing watered-down, simplified versions. It was important just to read the text itself and let the words fall on our ears and respond to it accordingly and always be checking by going back to the text as the reference and not not our own worldview. As you're talking, I'm thinking about some of the unique features of the program. The fact that we don't, for example, have curricula at all. The fact that all of the different age groups are working on the same text in parallel. Can you talk a little bit about the thoughts behind that? Uh, I've had experience homeschooling my own children and at an early age I would just read straight from the Bible to them and you know I would usually choose parts of scripture that had more of a narrative but I also really enjoyed just you know going through the entire book of Genesis and then through Exodus and and of course those have a really strong narrative component but there would be parts where you know, they might seem boring or a little more difficult for a young child to grasp, but it was amazing what they did grasp, and I think they're just able to catch on to the style of the language. It's empowering their vocabulary and so forth. So they are able to hear it, not in a way an adult would hear it, but they're getting an ear for the language of Scripture. I think that was important. And as far as the children engaging with the same Scripture text that the adults are engaging in, Our goal for that is for the whole family to be talking about the same text together. So the drive into the church school, the drive away, you know, back home from church school, we've all been taught by the same text. And I think those conversations that will happen outside of Ephesus School would be more valuable because we're all engaged in the same text. That's a feature I really like, and when I've talked about it with folks... What I've tried to articulate is that it captures something of the discipline of apprenticeship in the way these texts have been transmitted historically. In other words, uh, a father is working in the field, his sons and his daughters are with him, and he refers back to the Torah always in everything that he does, whether it's putting the plow to the ground, picking up you know sheaves of wheat and carrying it back to the barn, or you know whatever. The point is that all of the everyday tasks 
that a, a parental figure would teach to their children would be interwoven with the wisdom of the text. And that's, you know, that's what we're striving for, I think. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, every family has its stories that they pass down. Sure. And it's so important to have the scriptural story passed down and interwoven into our lives. And, and I think doing Ephesus School in this way yeah. really helps facilitate that. So talk about the youngest class, because we, this past year, did the Minor Prophets, or what mm-hmm. Dr. Richard Benton, your husband, would refer to as the Book of the Twelve. But in going through the Minor Prophets, there was a lot of repetition. There was a lot of violence, uh, graphic mm-hmm. violence, and frankly, some texts that were difficult for kids to grasp. A lot of the prophetic writing can be as abstract or metaphoric as it is concrete and forceful. So can you talk about how you worked through some of those challenges? I won't say that it was easy. It was very challenging because of the repetition, because of the the language involved, because of the violence. So what we would do in our class is I would, you know, just read it to them. I, they would be allowed to sit and draw on color if they wanted to quietly or just listen to the story. So I would just read it straight out of the book. And then we would go through and talk about some of the ideas there. And what I tried to do was relate it to experiences on the playground, experiences with your mom asking to help with chores and your response to them and and that type of thing. So trying to just create some stories that just teased out what the prophets were trying to say. Sure. And then we would also focus on a Hebrew word each time and, you know, try to memorize that. We would memorize some scripture, too, and I think that helps even if kids aren't really understanding what it is they're memorizing, haven't gathered the concept. I think just writing the words upon their ears at first, hopefully someday it'll be written upon their hearts, and it may not come until 20 years down the road. It's true. I I love memorization. I think it's great and extremely helpful. In fact, I'd go so far as to say that when Jesus is sending his disciples out and he tells them, don't worry about what you're going to say, it's referring to the text. Right, right, I agree. And you can't, you won't be given anything if you were not memorizing and not immersing yourself in the, in the text and so right. forth. That, that same scriptural reference where the Holy Spirit will come upon you and, be, and will give you the words that you... Right. need to say. Exactly. I think when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, I think that is the word, the text itself, the scriptural text coming out of your mouth when you're speaking it at a time that, that it's appropriate. Absolutely agree. Well, listen, it's been great to talk to you, and uh, I look forward uh, to our next session of Ephesus School this Sunday, where we're going to have an opportunity to see an expanded group of teachers trying to explain the Bible as literature to our students. So thanks very much for your time. Thank you. That was wonderful listening to the interview with Holly. The last bit there was really interesting, the kind of practical implications of this passage from Scripture talking about when you go out, you know, don't worry about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to say. This isn't some kind of words you're going to make up, but these are really just kind of calling to mind the words that you have already memorized from Scripture. I think it's really important, and I I think people underestimate how critical memorization in particular is, and recitation, not just Mm -hmm. memorization, but recitation and then auditory absorption of other people reciting these texts over and over again. I mean, that's how the Psalter works in worship. You hear the Psalter over and over again. Because what happens is, even if you don't comprehend what you're hearing, the words become readily accessible to you, and the mind is a powerful tool. It's Mm -hmm. a powerful instrument. 
and it can begin to grapple with the meaning of those words in context over time, even without a conscious effort. You know, I, I remember when our I remember when our kids memorized the Sermon on the Mount. They couldn't hear about poor. They couldn't hear about alms. They couldn't hear about violence without words of the Sermon on the Mount coming out. The brain just like brought all those ideas together. It's true. And what happens, I can tell you speaking as a priest, what happens to me now after studying and preaching all these years, you get to a point where you're having conversations with people about serious matters right. and scripture comes out uh-huh. without preparation. It seeps into the conversation. Right. It frames the conversation. It frames your understanding of situations and texts that you couldn't plan to think about uh-huh. or apply. Right. Or at your fingertips. So it reminds me of when I was at Mount Athos, I was talking to some people and they said that people who have been at Mount Athos for a long time, they talk differently because they're so immersed in patristic and biblical Greek that it seeps into their everyday speech. And people from Mount Athos, you can tell people like they have a different accent. They have a different dialect. Well, that's just it. It's about being inculcated in language and verse, which leads to being inculcated in context uh-huh. and meaning. Yeah. And so, and I like, you know, that going back to this passage from scriptures, like when you're under pressure, when you have to make a decision, if you're really immersed in scripture in that way and not in that you're re- not simply reading it a lot, but memorizing it, then when you get into a situation where you need it, it comes to mind. Well, it answers for you, and this is the key. It becomes autonomic. It's written on the heart, literally right. in a very literal sense. Well, and I was and I was just talking to to the kids. I was teaching the middle schoolers today, and I was telling them it's like they all understood the concept that once you do one thing wrong, then it's easy to do the next thing wrong, and mm. easier to do the next thing wrong and stuff. And to have a bulwark, the the scripture is a bulwark against it. I said, you hold fast to that path, so that you don't go off of it. And, yeah. th- and what creates the path are the words, it's the story. I said, I used the image from uh, Laura Ingold Wilder's book of um, having the rope between the house and the barn because when there's a blizzard, you can't find your way. And if you don't have a way, if you don't have a derech to clearly, because the snow is covering everything, you have a rope. And I said, does the Lord give us a, uh, give us a way because he wants to punish us when we let go of it, when we move away from it? Does the Lord really care if the people are facing east towards the sun or facing the temple? No, it's that because once you take one path, one foot off that path, off the derech, then you're just one step closer to the, uh, the end of another road that is not going to help you. And so that's what I thought was interesting is because any time a crisis, any time a decision comes, you have the words right there in your mouth and in your mind because that's really when you say write them on your heart in the Bible, yeah. it means have them inscribed on your brain. That's of how course. we say it, you know. And so that the words of, Bible, of the Bible are inscribed in your brain, so that if you make a decision, you have to do this. And not as a reference point, but just to confirm this point, you know, the arena by Branchininov. Yeah. His first three chapters are memorized gospels because if you have to make a decision, you want to have those words close at hand. And I'm not using that as a reference. I'm just saying that this idea is out there. There are plenty of people who understand this idea. It's funny that we've just kind of moved away from that idea. And this is what happens. You move one step away from the idea of memorization, and soon enough, you're in, your personal experience is all you need. It's really important to think of, you know, just having that those ideas imprinted on our brain, the words themselves imprinted on our brain, so we just stay on that path, stay on the derech, so we don't go astray. Exactly. So for those of you that are struggling to teach church school in your parish, who may be listening to this podcast, 
All you need to be able to do is to read with your students, have them memorize verses, try to explain what's happening, and don't worry about whether or not you affect your students. Just trust God to do His work with His teaching of His own accord. Yep, exactly. Thanks a lot, Dr. Benton. It's Thank good to talk much, this Father. week. Thank you Yeah, good to talk this week. Thank you. We'll see you for our next episode of The Bible is Literature. You've just heard The Bible as Literature. Thanks for listening.